It's great to see you. Welcome to all of our campuses from Campbell all the way to Bledsoe, from Blunt County to North Knox to our Anderson County and Pellissippi, our internet campus, both God Behind Bars campuses. You guys picked a great weekend because God is already moving. God's already shaping. Uh, God is working in this service and it is going to be unbelievable. We love you guys. You are loved. I don't care if this is your first time. I don't care if you've been here for all 21 years. We love you. I get it. Shockingly, I get this question a lot. I'm not a Christian. Can I come? I don't believe this. Can I come? We love everybody. Anything that walks, crawls, flies, glides, slides, hives, dives, or rides, we love them. In Jesus' name, this is the grace place. So everyone is loved and everyone is welcomed. For years ago, we had sort of a slogan, come as you are, but don't stay as you are. Because we believe when people experience the presence of God, they're transformed. And so before we go, this does not not actually apply to all the campuses, but all of our campuses need to know what's going on <clears throat> because we'll all be a part. Uh, so our, we are one church with many locations. We have eight campuses now, and it's going to be nine this fall. And so we all participate, Heart for the Harvest. We all provide. All of us will let all our friends know. And so our next launch is this fall in Farragut. There's a card at the Pellissippi campus, and there's a card at the Blount County campus. The other campuses are a little far away, but you guys will be inviting your friends and family that you know that live in Farragut. So the question is, hey, why do we pick Farragut? I mean, did you pick Farragut because it had money? No, we picked Farragut because it had people. Now, do, do rich people need the gospel? Do poor people need the gospel? Do black people need the gospel? Do white people need the gospel? Who cares? The reason we're at Farragut, because we couldn't find another location. And so, honestly, I have a friend, Craig Rochelle, who is not a friend, an acquaintance, who pastors the largest church in America. They have five full-time real estate agents on their staff looking for locations. I thought, those guys don't do jack. That is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Until we began looking for other campuses, we could keep five realtors working around the clock. Why? Because it's so difficult. So we've been to Morgan County. We've met with the mayor of Roan County. We've covered every square inch of Loudoun County. We have, we have gone and, and petitioned the school board in Loudoun County. Let us meet at Lenore City High School. They said no. We've been to Sevier County where we're still looking. We've been at Straw Plains. We've been at Jefferson County. We're looking at, at, at UT. We're working with Steve Diggs and MRU Foundation to put an inner city Knoxville campus. Farragut is our 15th choice. So before you say, oh, they're about the money. No. Grow up. Put your big boy pants on, can we? Come on, I, and if you guys were to get my mail and my email literally just one day, you pray for me harder. Because <laughs> you don't know how much difficult it is not to just respond, you're stupid. <laughs> you're going to hell, you're an idiot. Please delete, my, my, y'all, I'm, I'm serious. It's so difficult because people judge my heart you can't judge my heart. I can't judge your heart. Now, we can be fruit inspectors. I can say, you're doing that. That's wrong, but come on. Can we? Can, can we? So, so, oh, they're in Farragut. They're about the money. Listen, if we were about the money, we wouldn't be in Campbell County. We wouldn't have been looking inner city. 
we wouldn't be in North Knoxville. Our ninth campus wouldn't be Farragut. It would have been our first. Does that make sense? I'm a little bothered about that. (laughs) So pull your card out. Be a missionary with us if you live in Farragut. Now, by the way, Lenore City people, this is halfway between Pellissippi and Lenore City. (laughs) We're not Lenore City yet, but we hadn't found a location. Blunt County folks, some of you, it's closer. Pellissippi, some of you, it's closer. So do me a favor, fill this out. Come on. Do we want to reach, do we want to make it hard to go to hell from all of East Tennessee? So, so that's going to require tonal penetration, total saturation. So we need a campus in every community and a small group on every street. That's if we're, going, if we're going to impact everybody, I'm talking about we need them everywhere. Really, my most, my, my, the campus I want more than anything is inner city Knoxville. That's my number. That's where I want to go. We're, I was fired up about Campbell County, about being out there, the number one meth county, the number two child abuse county. So, it, it's, so it's, about, it's about people. Jesus loves people. So fill this out. Name, spouse's name if you have one. Email that you answer, please. Phone number that you answer. Number of kids, because we, because we got to prepare for all that. And then check, I'll attend the Farragut campus. If you are serving in one of these areas, check, this is where I'm serving currently, because if you're leaving a ministry position at Blunt or Pell, we need to replace you. Amen? And we got some pew potatoes, don't we? <laughs> Who are going to fill your role when you go over there. Now, the second side is in Farragut, I'd like to serve with children, with students, with groups, with worship tech, first impression, set up and tear down or other. We'll be in the 1100 seat Farragut Performing Arts Center at Farragut High School. And so we're, we're, we have not got permission. Farragut High School wants us in big time, but we still have to deal with the school board. So we're working through that. Pray about that. But if you can help us, if you'll be a missionary, I think we should send three to 500 people there to begin with. And that's going to free up seats, and we're going to reach more people. Then Farragut will grow, Blunt will grow, and Pell will grow. And Faith Promise will grow, and more people will be snatched out of hell and placed into heaven. Isn't that, after all, the whole deal? So come on. All right. Now, why don't you check this out? Now, depending on your vantage point, this is either trash or it's treasure. And you look at that, and you say, but they're outside the lines. I don't know that I like that. I'm, I'm not sure about that. Well, see, if you're me and I have the microphone, <laughs> it belongs in the Louvre. That's a museum in France, by the way. It belongs in the Louvre. Why? Because my granddaughter did that, and it, to me, it's a work of art. Are you with me? But see, we, see, we all look at... We all look at things like this differently, and some people say, it's not in the lines. Come on, it's not in the lines. It's not right. It's just throw it away. So we all look at this differently, don't we? See, we live in a day of division in America. Would y'all agree with that? And the tyranny of today's truth dictates that we accept every lifestyle, everything anybody wants to do, and our current culture calls that freedom. And I'm not saying we don't love everybody, but we have, to, we have to say everything is okay in our lifestyle today, don't we? I love what Timothy Snyder said. To abandon facts is to really abandon freedom. Does this, does this make sense? 
So this message, let me just go ahead and bottom line it for you, is going to be about sin. Not a politically correct term. Not a thing people like to think about. Some of you are going to be a little agitated before this message is over. That's okay. We love you anyway. Amen. Just hang in there. And so, because sin destroys everything it touches. Everything. So, who gets to pick fact and fiction? Who gets to pick right from wrong? Now, are there any Christ followers in the house? At any of our campuses, any Christ followers? Well, as a Christ follower, we choose to let the Word of God is the lens with which we choose our world view. So the last two weeks, we've gone between the lines, and we have said, what, what, what is the truth? What do we do? What is our response? 331 people said yes to Jesus on Easter weekend. We've got all these new believers. We've got folks that are not believers yet. What is our response to the good news of the gospel? See, the good news of the gospel means a relationship with God that's all about trust and intimacy. Other people are attached to religion, which is all about rules and regulations. Does that make sense? So we got both sides. And, and, and if we, it, depending on who we are, where we view, sets our worldview. But I believe, and I think the scripture teaches that if we trust God, then we trust God to choose the right worldview. So we're going to get a little personal this weekend. We're going to get personal about your choices and who gets to choose right versus wrong and who gets to say what I, what I am is right or wrong. So are you ready for that? Is it okay? I need your mind. I need your heart. I need your spirit because this message is about you walking in freedom. Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny who? Now, any Christ followers? Okay. Here's the deal. When you chose to follow Christ, you chose to deny yourself, your, your desires, and you chose to follow his design. Is that right? So here's the deal. What everybody wants me to do this weekend is to preach about, is to preach about homosexuality. That's what everybody wants to hear. I'm not preaching about it. You know why? Because that's not our issue. Our issue, though, we, got it. we have an epidemic of shacking up at Faith Promise Church. It's epidemic. Matter of fact, do you know we rarely do any weddings anymore? Because when someone calls the office and says, hey, can you do my wedding? Do you know what our first question is now? Are you living together? Well, yeah. Is that a problem? Yes, actually it is. It's a problem. And so, and so here's still. Wait, 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 here's still. We say, listen, we'll, if, you'll, if you'll separate until you get married, we'll do your wedding and we'll put you someplace. We'll, we'll, we'll help provide a place for you to live. And you know what? Virtually 100%, 98% have said, no, we're not doing that. So we want the church and the pastors to marry us because we want God's blessing, right? And yet we're going to live in sin because this is what we want to do. We're going to choose our desire over God's design. Does that make sense? Is anybody, is anybody with me this weekend? See, I don't care what the culture says. Christ already said what is right and wrong. Jesus goes on, and well, let me finish that one. Go back, go back one. He said, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his what? 
which is a, which is a form of, of killing. Paul said, I die to myself and my desires every day so that I might live to his design and follow me daily. It goes on in John, in John 14, 15, Jesus said, if you love me, does anybody love Jesus? We just worshiped him, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. If you love me, then you'll keep my what? You'll keep some of my commandments. You'll keep the, my commandments that you like. Oh, all? You think he meant all? I bet he did. <laughs> is anybody, is anybody, so now maybe you're not a believer yet. We're thrilled that you're here. And listen, you don't have to follow anything that we're teaching, but understand, if you become a believer, there's a cost. And you will deny yourself, take up your cross, and you'll follow him daily like, like, like we, we strive to do. We perfect? No. Absolutely not. Matter of fact, a lot of people wonder, I don't understand why the church makes the stands that it makes. I don't understand why Christians make the choices that they make. They're so counter the 21st century American culture, the current culture. And here's the deal. Why should we even care what is or what is not sin? Why does it matter? What does it matter? I'm not hurting anybody. So here's the crux of this message. If you're listening, say I am. Are y'all okay? Got really quiet the last service. Got really quiet. See, our lifestyle choices are a struggle for every one of us. Amen? If you're a believer, do you still have desires to do things you know are wrong? Do you have a pulse? Absolutely. We all do. So our lifestyle choices are a struggle for every one of us between what we desire and what God has designed. So when we understand the gospel, when we say yes to Jesus, the gospel, the gospel not only does it reveal, but it actually creates a conflict with our current culture, with our conscience, and with our choices. See, now we've gone from darkness, now we're children of light, now we have light. Will we see? Now that light creates a conflict. The world says this is okay, and I say, but God said it's not. What am I going to do? Who do I trust? Do I trust God in his word, or do I trust myself? See, if we could get real, let's get real, wrong, real. Our struggle is not one with the lines and the rules, but with the lords and the rulers. Who says it's right or wrong? Who's going to tell me what I want, will and will not do? In the poem Invictus, there's a line that we've all heard that says this, I'm the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. And that is so American, isn't it? And, and that would be perfect, that I'm the master of my fate. I'm the captain of my soul if my heart was pure. If I was the arbitrator of right and wrong, it would be great. But it, are our hearts pure? If we believe the word, they're not. Let me give you, this is so good. John R.W. Stott, theologian, said this about the, the human heart. We are both noble and ignoble. Would you all agree with that? We are rational and irrational. We are moral and immoral. We are creative and destructive. We are loving and selfish. We are godlike and we are bestial. We are both able to think, choose, create, love, and worship. Woo! But we are able to hate, covet, fight, and kill. Human beings are the inventors of hospitals that care for the sick, universities for the acquisition of wisdom, and churches for the worship of God. But they have also invented torture chambers, concentration camps, and nuclear arsenals. See, we, are, we have the potential for great good and sacrifice in us, don't we? And we have the potential to hurt deeply. 
Does this make sense? So understand that. Would y'all agree with that, that statement? So when you become the arbitrator of what's right and wrong, understanding that your heart is not perfect, nor is your mind perfect, that God's ways are not our ways, that God's thoughts are not our thoughts, then could, could we just put a question mark? When you disagree with God, maybe you're wrong and God is right. Is, is that a possibility? You say, but wait a minute, wait a minute, Pastor. Hold up, what I do, nobody gets hurt. My choices don't affect anyone else. Oh, oh, do God, I wish that was true. So how should we act as believers? Second Peter says this, the day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things have been destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you, be, ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? See, as Christ followers, we're called to be holy, right? Right? We're called to be different from the world, right? Is that right? First Peter, I mean, 1 John 3.10 says this, but the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Or at least they should be, shouldn't they? Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. And so what you're called calls you out. You're called holy. You're called, if you're a Christ follower, saints. You're called children of God. You are called to be kings and priests unto God. You are called to be different. You're called to be holy. The word holy means hagiatzo. It's in the Greek, this word hagiatzo. It means to be a vessel set apart for a special use. That's what it means. So in your house, ladies, if your house is like our house, we have paper goods in the kitchen. Why? Because we don't want to do dishes. Okay, so you got, then you've got regular dishes in the cabinet, right, that you use sometimes. But over here, in a special locked vault <laughs> with, 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 with video imaging and surveillance and electrocution hooked on it, you have the fine what? See, the fine china is hagiatzo. It is set apart for a special use. And if your children look longer than three seconds at the cabinet, they will be smacked across the kitchen floor. <laughs> don't touch the hagiatzo. In fact, you don't even wash them in the dishwasher. You get a special cloth and you rub them and you place them back up. Are you with me? See, you, if you're born again, you are fine china. You are hagiatso. You are called to be holy and set apart from the world. Does this make sense? Is anybody out there? To be set apart. And see, Christ, our King, says what is right and what is wrong, not the current culture. Because every generation, what's right or wrong changes, doesn't it? See, sin, then, the word sin is habartia, which means missing the mark. It's an archer's term. We all miss the mark. Sin is choosing our design over, I mean, our desire over God's design. But if we trust God, if we believe that God has our best interests at heart, we realize that God's word is not arbitrary, that God didn't just make things up to make life suck for us, that God is not a cosmic killjoy thinking everything is fun, I'm going to make it sin. Matter of fact, if you've ever read the Old Testament, God was a partier. There are virtually three months out of the year that he tells the Israelites, party. Remember those big sacrifices in Jerusalem? 
barbecue. Matter of fact, you know what the Bible says? Every time they had a barbecue, God loved the smell. You ever go home and the grill's working? Smoker? You smell that hickory wood around the house? You go, oh, man, that smell, that's what God says. Woo, that smells good. And say, God, don't work on this week, and I want you to take 52 days off with your Sabbath, and I want to take you a week or two off for the festivals of Tabernacle and the festival of Pentecost and festival of booze, and I want you to come to Jerusalem in a week or two weeks. I want you to party and eat and barbecue and have a great time. See, God did not set up stuff to make it sin. Everything that's fun. Does that make sense? But we somehow believe that he does. If we trust him and realize God longs for our freedom, not our captivity. When, but when we choose our desire at the expense of God's design, we choose disaster. You say, but my sin doesn't hurt anybody. Well, it killed Jesus. I'm going to say that hurt. And see, everything we do hurts the people that we love. Let me give you some things about sin. Again, I know it's not a politically correct term, but I'm going to give you about six or seven things rapid fire. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. ready. Number one, sin will make you neglect people. James 1.27, God said, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God our Father is to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself what? Unstained by the evil eon, the wicked world in which we live. But see, when we are walking in sin, we are selfish and we neglect the people that God wants us to care for. In the American culture, we prioritize, we prioritize wealth over weakness, don't we? It's what we do. The scripture is clear. Paul said the unseemly members, the members of the congregation that don't have any money and can't offer anything, they're more important than the ones that can but see, we flipped it in the 21st century. The Bible says, help people that can't do jack back for you. Jesus said, if you love people, love you back. Big hairy deal. He said, the big deal is to love people that don't love you back, to give to people that can't give anything back for you. Widows and orphans, take care of them. They can't do anything for you. But when you give to them expecting nothing in return, God said, that is pure and undefiled religion in my eyes. See, but when we're in sin, we're about selfishness and we neglect people. Does this, does this make sense? This is the reason that we try to get every adult and teenage small group to serve. If you walked in at some of our campuses this week and you'll see the Salvation Army, you'll see CARM, you'll see Choices. We have about 80 organizations in the Knox County re- the, the region that we partner with and we try to get every adult group to serve. Why? Because when you serve others, life gets better. And if you serve together as a small group, your small group gets closer. Does this make sense? So we serve together. But see, when you're walking in sin, you're selfish. You're not going to be thinking about others. You're going to be thinking about yourself. Number two, sin betrays. Galatians 5.19, the deeds of the flesh are evident. Immorality, impurity, sensuality. He goes on for two more verses, listing just some of the deeds of the flesh. Now, according to a recent Forrest Magazine article, one out of four couples, either the husband or the wife, has already admitted to cheating. Now, when you cheat on your spouse, well, that didn't hurt anybody, does it? Does it devastate? Does it destroy? Better believe it does. 33% of those that had affairs had affairs with coworkers. King David should have been in battle. He was on the roof chilling, scoping out Bathsheba, having a bath. She thought nobody was watching, but David was lusting and longing for his desire, not God's design, had sex with her. She got pregnant, killed her husband, and covered it up. Caused all kind of trouble. But is the king, did he deserve it? No. But don't we justify our desires, even if they don't line up with the word of God? 
See, you nothing. Sin, listen, I, we've not picked out a bunch of specific sins. And by the way, can I tell you something? There's no update on the Bible. There's no OS 10.2. God said, oh, I've changed my mind on that. That'll be good now. It doesn't work that way. Sin will cheat you. Luke chapter 12, verse 15, Jesus said, Beware, be on your guard against every form of what? For even when one has an abundance of his, uh, an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. But we live in America, and America is symbolic with wealth, isn't it? And money infects and affects all of us. And in our culture, greed is fully acceptable. Matter of fact, 20% of the people this weekend will give 80% of the offering. 80% of the people will give 20% of the offering because they don't need to give. Why? Because they've justified not being generous or obeying God. Does this make sense? Come on, are y'all, I, I see, I hear y'all. Y'all okay? See, James, 4, 20, James chapter 4 says this, you lust and you don't have. Come on. We all lust, don't we? After somebody or something, you lust and you don't have, so you do what? You commit murder. You're envious and you can't obtain, so you fight and quarrel. Have you watched the news? Anybody that has more than me, it's not fair. That's called jealousy. Are you with me? And we, the, our political leaders have made jealousy the dividing mark between us. Does that make sense? See, I should get mine, but nobody else should get theirs. And I'm jealous if anybody's got a bigger house, a better car, better shoes, better purses, or more money, or makes more than I do. Why? Because we are jealous. And that jealousy divides us. And a kingdom divided cannot stand. That's what it does. You do not have because you do not ask, and you ask and you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your own pleasures. Let me give you that thing. Sin spreads. Holy moly, does sin spread. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 8. Flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Jesus said that sin spreads. He called it leaven. Now, very few of us bake bread, right? We go to Food City. It's already in a bag. It's already cut up. We love that. But if you make bread, you know, you get a big lump of dough, you work it up, and you put a little leaven in it, and you mix it in, and that little leaven affects the whole lump of dough, doesn't it? Jesus said a little leaven affects everything. Now, let me, let me prove this. Are you, if you're listening, say, I'm listening. Y'all remember February, the Red X deal on social media? Y'all remember that? I did it. We all did it. We took selfies, and we put it on in slavery, right? Sex slavery. It's the largest number of slaves on the planet right now are sex slaves. Millions and millions of sex slaves. But let me, get, let me give you a little correlation. There is no question that there is a connection between pornography and sex slavery. No question. There is no question about it. All the evidence, you go ahead and study it. Yet, if you, all the, of all the collegiate, of all the college students that are interviewed, 90% of the guys say, I use porn regularly. 30% of women say, I use porn regularly, but they don't think that I'm using porn and they're stealing girls from their villages in India and sell them as sex slaves and they're having 40 or 50 men have sex with them every day. Well, see, I'm just, I just a little porn after my wife goes to sleep. No, it warps your view. But, 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 it, but it's okay. No, no, it's not okay. It's not okay. And can I tell you, if you got to hang with me for about a week and you sit down with the women whose husbands have been unfaithful because of pornography, 
If you sit down with me, the boys and girls that have been sexually abused by a dad who's been watching pornography, if you sit with me and with a, with, a, with a child who's been abused because his dad or mom is an alcoholic, if you just looked at the cards over Easter of the kids that just asked eight-year-olds and said, oh, that my daddy would come to Jesus, if you could just walk and see the pain and problems that sin causes all, we quit justifying that crap. We quit... See, sin, it's not politically correct, but sin is not private. Everything you do affects who you are and what you do. Does that make sense? Sin spoils everything like one bad apple. Philippians chapter 3. For many, many, tons of people whom I've often told you, and I now tell you weeping, not bragging, but broken, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is what? These are people without Jesus, whose God is their what? And whose glory is there? Who set their minds on earthly things, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for the Savior, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. See, we all got passports, and they're stamped by the blood of Jesus heaven. If you're born again, you got a new passport, you got a new message, you got a new master, you got a new way of life, and it is stamped. You are adopted, you are forgiven, and you are fully, fully, fully in God. And so heaven matters in this world. What's this, this, how, we could spend the whole message on drugs, alcohol, tobacco, and food. Couldn't we? Because, see, a lot of us don't eat to live. We live to eat. And food's destroying us. There are people that, that alcohol's just, you've, it's, you've been destroyed by alcohol. We deal with families every single day. There's not a time that I don't walk through any campus between any services. Someone doesn't stop me and say, would you pray for my son or daughter? They're addicted to drugs. Never. It affects everybody. Does that make sense? It affects everybody. And now we're looking at the legalization of marijuana. I don't think it's a great idea, but nobody asked me. Because this is the deal. Nobody ever became a drug addict that didn't use drugs. No one ever became an alcoholic that never tasted alcohol. <laughs> you may say, but I can have a glass of wine when you're, it doesn't hurt anybody. Maybe you can. It's not a sin. It's no problem. I have a glass of wine. The bottle is a problem. You know how many people I've said that the drunk drivers killed a family member? See, it's not funny then. Gang, it just, it, it, it destroys us, it consumes us. It's like a boa constrictor that wraps around us that we don't feel until it begins to restrict and constrict and it stretches the life out. That's what sin does. Sin devours us. First Peter 5, 8. Be sober, spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to do what? Devour. Now, our culture says, be proud and be independent. And pride and independence are the greatest atmosphere for the devil to destroy people. Because when you think you don't need anybody else, when you think you got, man, you're the, man, you're the head hog at the trough. Man, you're, you're the, man, you're the big cheese. You're the, listen, you are, pride goes before the fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. 
And you are in dangerous. That's why we preach interdependence. We need each other. That's why God invented a church, a body, a spiritual family to come together. And that's why we're large. That's why we try to get everybody in small groups. Why? Because you got people that laugh with you, weep with you, cry with you, walk with you. Jesus said the law of Christ was to lift each other's burdens. Are you with me? That we care for each other. And so, man, the groups is where it happens. See, the world captivates and God liberates. You say, but God can't liberate. Look at, look at some of the stuff God said not to do. Everything God said not to do was for your good. You remember when you were a kid and your mom and dad told you not to do stuff and you thought they were so stupid? You remember? The older you got, the smarter they got. Now, you got kids that think you're stupid. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We just wait. They're going to grow up and say, oh, my goodness, my dad was the smartest man alive. But see, that when we're young, we don't believe it. We want to do what we want to, and we don't anybody tell us. Sin consumes us. James 1.20, the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Man, anger, domestic violence, man, all the way to terrorism. And most of us, if we've got realized, we're entertained by violence, aren't we? See, John Wick 1 wasn't enough. We had that John Wick 2. Is anybody out there? Come on, it's what we do. See, our lifestyle is a struggle between our desires and God's design. George Ladd said this, let me wrap this up. The modern man is usually quite casual about his spirituality. Would y'all agree with that? Amen. He will often undertake radical measures in pursuit of wealth, success, and power, earthly things. But he is unwilling to be moved about the concerns of his soul. Was that true? So, man, we have to see where we are. The devil has been practicing temptation for millennia, and he is good at packaging death in something that looks good. Does this make sense? So my question is, who do you trust? Do you trust you or God? Do you believe Romans 8, 20, that God works all things together for good of them that love him? Do you believe that every day you get up, God is looking at you, that he will be with you always, even to the end of the age, that God is there to bless, that God gives you a future and a hope, that God wants to work your life around for freedom and liberty and bless you? See, if you believe that, then following God's commands is easy. But if you believe God is a cosmic killjoy to make your life suck and so that you'll never have any fun, you'll never, ever, ever develop a taste for the word. So where are you? Are you okay? It's been a quiet weekend. But some of you are saying, okay, I got it. I got, wait a minute. I got it this weekend. Boom, the light came on. I'm ready. I'm ready for Jesus. Because I, I, I just thought you checked the box. It didn't matter. Oh, it does matter because it changes everything. Old, old things have passed away and new things have come. If you're ready to give your heart to Jesus, pray this with us with every head bow. Just talk to God. Say, dear God, I know I've sinned. And I'm so sorry. Would you forgive me? Come into my heart and be my Lord. Give me your view, your desires, your design. You died for me. I will live for you from now on in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, give God praise in the house, would you?